Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy-Warty Hogwarts. Teach us something, please. Whether we be old and bald. Or young with scabby knees. Our heads could do with filling. With some interesting stuff. For now they're bare and full of air. Dead flies and bits of fluff. So teach us things worth knowing. Bring back what we've forgot. Just do your best, we'll do the rest. And and learn learn until until our our brains brains all rot. rot. heard a beautiful recital (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited i've always been weird about reading things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i mean if there's one thing i would read it's harry Potter. Potter. we were so in sync i'm so (sighs) we're so like on the same level right now uh this is our our much awaited first harry potter episode for the semi-regular regular book club, club. Sorry, i'm really excited being in sync this whole time wow <laughs> this is like um, our niche right here yeah we're oh is this just gonna become my harry potter podcast no but it could it really could it really could <laughs> all right so uh we got a lot to cover so we're yes. just gonna get right into it Let's but it's it. our first semi-regular book club episode yes. uh so well, let's just talk a little bit about that. Uh, okay. Lucy, what's, what, what are we doing? <laughs> okay, so it's a book club. <clears throat> what does a semi-regular book club look like? Well, it's not that irregular. It's once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, how do I word this? We're planning on doing one book a month. The first seven months of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> are gonna be harry potter listen if there's anything we are it's committed it's com- <laughs> commitment queens so but committed. just so that the people can get a general feel after the seven months of harry potter we will be doing books once a month it could be a series it could be just a one one part book it can be yeah. anything really but our plan is to just have a new piece of literature yeah each month we're like we i'm very should... exciting i'm doing a lot of hands <laughs> there's a lot of hands <laughs> gestures uh you know we were like we should read more like yeah. reading is so important it's so reading good is for fundamental your brain. and we want to expand our lives so what did we choose naturally we chose to revisit books we've read hundreds of times yes naturally. and i'm so here for it and there's no judgment it's like my dream definitely definitely but specifically with harry potter what's kind of our format going forward girl what do you mean like we're gonna talk about harry potter we're gonna talk about each book so we're obviously starting off today with sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone uh, philosopher's stone if you're british uh but you know every month going forward so december we're doing chamber of secrets Mm -hmm. uh january we're doing a little prisoner (laughs) (laughs) you know exactly what i mean yeah and so so on and so forth of course. I'm so excited. We so, will be doing a little bit comparison with the movies. Yeah. So, you know, if you're into that, it'll be here. We've all done it. We all know it's a thing. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we decided to start with Harry Potter, obviously, because we both have a lot of feels about mm-hmm. it. It's a big part of both of our lives, as it I'm is. sure it is for a lot of people, but it's more important to us. <laughs> <laughs> if we were rating on a scale from one to us. 
where the end all be all. No, <laughs> just kidding. Like totally not at we all. We kid, we kid, we kid. Uh, but you're right. Like Harry Potter has such a particular significance to both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're both roughly in the age range of when yeah the books and movies were coming out, and so it, it's always had a very uh special place in our hearts and souls. Yes, and it's definitely one of like the foundations of our friendship. Yes. Like we can disagree or agree on a lot of things harry potter is not one we're just like right there like eye to eye <laughs> same level i see we'll, you we'll turn into dude bros in a bar and fight a man <laughs> if we have to about harry potter I mean, we'll do that about a lot of things but oh my god <laughs> specifically harry potter yeah but that's that's where we're at so we were just like naturally and at first we did think about it we're like is that too much and then yeah. we're like this is our podcast this is, yeah it's ours no we da- we're doing do. the damn thing we are <laughs> i don't know why we're getting so defensive right at the top <laughs> like nobody's questioning us it's no just one us. is fighting us <laughs> no one is fighting us um but for everyone who's listening um we did kind of put some feelers out about people asking us questions but going forward we got a couple but. Yeah, we got a couple. If there's anyone else who wants to submit questions, who has more questions about the book club in general, who wants to sign up for like an email list we're maybe yeah. working on. Um, there's a little bit of an idea going in yeah. there, so maybe let us know. Um, <laughs> sorry, just Kelsey Bruce being really cute right now. So but um, yeah, definitely like send us your questions, your thoughts. Um, if you have any themes or anything that you wish people would talk about and just nobody does all of that can be sent to us at semi-regularpodcast.com forward slash book club yes yeah so we're excited and uh let's get started let's give you all a spoiler warning first oh yeah listen we're we're aware that not everyone may have read the books or seen the movies or maybe you're not you know really into harry potter but you were like you know what let me listen to this podcast and see what it's about Mm -hmm. going forward there are going to be tons of spoilers we're obviously going through the book major plot points major character development major movie plots it's all going to be in there so this is your warning right and i think we're going to do our best to stick to just this book so we're not going to be talking about like oh what happened in book three or book seven or whatever yes we have time to catch up Right, so don't think like, oh, if I listen to this episode, then I'm going to be spoiled for the whole thing. Uh, listen to it, read along with us, um, and then we will just cover, that's why we're doing one episode per book, yeah. per movie, because we want to just focus all in on one particular one. So yeah, this is a fun, exciting journey we're going to go on, Lucy. I'm really excited Me to be too. on board the Hogwarts Express with you. <laughs> Uh, so why don't we, um, yes, spoiler warning from here going forward, and I I would like to learn a little bit more about, like, your experience with Harry Potter, like, Mm -hmm. it's the first episode, so let's just dig a little deep here and find out a little bit more. Okay, okay. Uh, first off, (laughs) what are your expectations of, with going into this reread? Mm-hmm. Well... I think for me, and we've talked about this, obviously we plan out these meetings, we go through things together, um, but I think for me, it was very important, one, rereading it as like an adult and very aware of like critically rereading it, mm-hmm. which I know people, like, we say critical thinking all the time. We <laughs> talk about this all the time, we talk about deep dives and analyzing, but it's really different when you go into something that 
has been such a big part of your life and you're like okay now I need to take notes I need to dive into this I need to really make note of things um but it's really important for me to go into it and have it just be like an experience for us and like focusing on the books like there's so much in the Harry Potter world there's like the wizarding world online like the just the fandom behind it the movies fantastic beasts all that there's so much in that universe but I want this for us to really just be a book club Mm -hmm. and a place for people to come and be like I'm learning about literature I'm learning about themes and plot points and story arcs and character development from Mm -hmm. like a literary standpoint yeah I think that's what's really important to me but to both of us Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I was going into it for the reread like I really wanted to be like what are her writing techniques? <laughs> Where are these little like beans of character development that were like planting Planted, in the first yeah. book? And like just things that you don't notice when you're reading it initially because you're just getting through it. You just want to know what mm-hmm. happens. You want to know the plot. But when you go back and reread it, like it's super, her writing is very intentional. So I really wanted to make sure that I was like taking it in that way. Mm-hmm. So that was my big thing going into the reread. What about you? Um, a lot of the same. I. I wanted, I think to to your point, I think that we both agreed really early on in this idea that we didn't want this to be like a, like a deconstruction of the world in the sense of like the, the institution that it's become. Yeah. So we wanted to be like, we're rereading the books. We're probably going to be rewatching the movies. And for, it's not like we're like a super research-based podcast at all, <laughs> but we do. Like we're like, Hello, on, Wikipedia pages. Hello, Wikipedia. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, you know, we we still do. Like, we take to the internet. We read a lot. We want to know what other opinions are on certain topics. But with this, like, we're both such... Uh, I wouldn't call us experts, but, like, this mm-hmm. is something that's very personal to both of us. Yeah. And so we... Um, I, I think that we agree and we're on the same page about wanting it to just be, like, we're rereading it and we're going to just share our genuine thoughts and feelings yeah. on it. And so I would love for other people to read along, too, if you've never given it a chance or whatever. Like, this yeah. is a safe space. <laughs> and we're, we're open to all sorts of conversations. Yes. Um, and then, so there's one of, like, overall for the podcast. Yeah. Um, and for me, as myself, um, I don't know. I just love rereading them. And I'm always, yeah. like... I no matter how many times I read it and it's been a lot. Yes. A lot, a lot. Um, I just <laughs> always find something new. I always find some new significance or mm-hmm. uh, you know, can take away something important and um, you know, it's it's just very comforting to me. It's it's like going home. It's very yeah. It's it's just very like it's just a piece of, of my soul, I think, <laughs> as corny as that sounds. No, and so I'm just like, you know, it, it's good. It's it's something very soothing and very, it's like a happy place to go yeah. to. So that's, When was okay. the last time you reread them aside from this? Um, so growing up, I've always read them like constantly. Like mm-hmm. I would read them and then I would, like whenever a new book would come out, I would just like start reading the whole series in anticipation gotcha. of the yeah. new one coming out. But um, the last time I reread the series was maybe the year before last. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I not reread, but I have the audiobooks. Ooh. And so the Audible with it's I think Jim Dale mm-hmm. that reads them. I just love the way he reads it, and he brings like such a different. 
I think he even got an award for the amount of voices he created for the oh, characters really? in, in the Harry Potter series. I've never heard the audio It's really good. And so, like, last year I went through this thing where I was listening to him to, like, go to bed and mm. on the train and stuff. And I really wanted to, like, take something in other than, like, music. Right. <laughs> so I was like, let me start on a little audiobook journey. But mm. before that, I reread them, like, almost every year. Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a, like, holiday yeah. time. Let me get into my little Harry Potter feels. Oh, that's so funny. I would read them in the summer. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess I could see that. Like, every summer. I think in I'm high like, school, I read them more so in the summer. But as I got older, it kind of became, like, a Christmas <laughs> yeah. time thing for me. That's more the movies for me. I'll watch oh, the movies yeah. around the holiday time. But summer was definitely, like, my reading re-read. time. Oh. My reread time. Okay. And so, with rereading, like, when did you... When did you discover the series? Like, did you get introduced to it or? So I kind of did. So I have older brothers, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about. And neither one of them ended up fully getting into it. But it was just kind of like a book that was in our library. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they were a little bit older. So I think at the time that the first book came out, it was too much of a children's book for them. Yeah. But they were still aware of it. And I remember we had a copy of it in Spanish. (laughs) So I kind of read that and then I was like, "Um, this seems interesting, but like Spanish is not my first reading language. Yeah. So I don't know everything that's happening. Like I don't fully understand what's going on. So then I found the book in English and was like, oh, I'm just going to start reading this. And my childhood friend Santos, shout out to you. I don't know if he listens or not, but we were best friends when we were like really little Mm -hmm. and we got into the books together, which I think is kind of rare for me because I don't tend to share stuff like that with people. And that's a very like that relationship specific. Like he was the only person that knew how Mm -hmm. obsessed I was with Harry Potter and like his grandma would take us to like when the movies would come out. So like that was when I got into it and I kind of just like my brothers inadvertently introduced it to me but they weren't like here read this it was just something that they like had around okay yeah what about you oh so again memory pad memory pad with <laughs> denise is really bad with recollection in case you had my own that. timeline <laughs> my own timeline of history but yeah uh, i remember that i didn't i actually the first book that i read was the fourth book but oh, i was like yeah. really young i must have been like <laughs> 11 or 12 at the most Mm -hmm. um and i just had gotten it because i was trying to prove (laughs) i was trying to prove that i could read (laughs) and it was the biggest book i could find Mm -hmm. at the sam's book club or bookstore nice the sam's club book book event um and then i read and i was like wait 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 um and then i got the first book so i don't i don't think i finished reading the fourth book but i immediately read the first book like wait wait, let me backtrack classic denise move you were like "Mm mm-hmm Let's just take a step back here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I read the first one, and I remember reading the uh, Sorcerer's Stone um, in Mexico because my family would go every year, yeah. like, growing up, like, till I was, like, old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday. No. So I read, <laughs> um, I read the first one there, and gotcha. I actually was, yeah, again, like, like as a lonely kid growing up, like, I was very... Um, as a fellow Harry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no, because I had good parents, but they were just because he had to work yeah um and like yeah it was i felt very lonely as a kid because like gabby was like a teenager and doing so her own Ron. thing hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe and then angie was like a baby yeah so i just had to like do my own thing i was really shy and blah 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 that's such an um, interesting memory to have though yeah 
you know, like with your first book. Yes, it was. I mean, it wasn't my first book. Ever. Well, the first, the first like <laughs> Harry Potter experience book. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just very comforting to me to like yeah. have something that was like for me, and it was like the first one that was like mine because yeah. Gabby never read the books, Angie never read the books. Yeah, um, that's so, how I felt too. I think so. It was mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Uh, wait. Okay. So you mentioned like going to the movies and. Uh-huh do you you know how people are like are you a book person or a movie person <laughs> are you asking me <laughs> yeah i'm asking you are you both or is that a thing for you um i think that like at my core i'm a books person because mm-hmm. i mentioned this earlier to you but like growing up books were like a big deal to me like everyone that knew me knew that like i was that person that was always reading something like i would be walking down the street tripping over myself reading a book like (laughs) I would be in the corner somewhere reading and like my mom would be talking to me and I would was fully zoned out like I had no idea she was like addressing me like this is a constant I had books on me all day every day (laughs) like I picture (laughs) I picture those like trench coat people with like all their stuff that was me with books like I was like I got everything (laughs) what you got I got it what you want I got it I got it the DVD (sighs) people that was me I'm like books Lucy's right now is pretending to be a pervert with a trench coat and like flashing half of it and like literature <laughs> literature is see like oozing from the seam um no but so i have like such a huge like connection with like the books like i still own my first full set of them that i mm-hmm. bought from like the little scholastic magazine <laughs> i like saved up all my money and i said i still wish that i had like an like a video or something of the person who opened my little scholastic envelope and got a bunch of quarters from a child <laughs> <laughs> like trying to cover the cost of this book in change <laughs> but so i'm like at my core a books person but i also am like a very visual person so mm-hmm. having the movies is like something i can just sit and like let myself yeah. dive into is also really cool so i think maybe both i'm so not both. like one or the other i'm not like a how dare you mm-hmm. you know like there's people that have very strong feelings oh, yeah. about either one yeah and i'm just like mm, i like them all uh, I, like, I like them all <laughs> how, yeah. that's a little selfish of you uh i like I, I i think basically same <laughs> where i like i am yeah hardcore books person like that's mm-hmm. that's yeah that's me but I also, like, am so grateful that I, growing up, I was in that, like, beautiful, like, section of people who yeah. were, like, growing up with the books and the movies at the same time that they were yeah. coming out. So, like, with the mov- movie specifically, I was the same age. I mean, for the books, I was the same age for a lot of them. Like, well, and your birthday is in July And my birthday is well, in July, so. and the movie started coming out in July. Originally, they came out in November, and then they started releasing them in July. The last mm-hmm. one came out on my whatever birthday. I don't remember. Somebody will remind me. But there was, like, a lot of, like... Yeah. I feel like that's why it also kind of melded in a way for me, where it was, like, a very special time in my life where I don't like, I didn't get a lot of attention but the little bit of attention that I would get would be around my birthday and I would yeah. kind of have to like demand it yeah and it also happened to be like this really important thing to me was coming around so it was either a book or a movie coming yeah. out and so it just always seemed to fit so it always felt like it was for me so yeah. uh yeah books for me they're just like they're, I'm telling you, they're a piece of my heart, like yeah. my soul. Um, but I loved the movies too. Like I, like we would go to the midnight screenings. 
Um, But I never wanted to talk to anybody and I would get really (laughs) mad. And this is before you can do assigned seating at theaters. So we would have to be there very early. And if we were late, I would, you know, go into hysterics. We went one time with a group of people and I fully yelled at like my friend took a friend of hers from work. And he was like talking or like talking crap. And I was like, if you don't shut up, you can leave. Nobody wants you here. Nobody thinks you're important. (laughs) I was like, I was tearing the man down to (laughs) me. See, here's the thing. And I really, really wanted to point this out. Mm -hmm. I am unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm unbearable in most parts of my life. Yeah. But like this in particular, like. Is worse. It's honestly like sickening. (laughs) And how, however much I annoyed other people, however much I made people want to strangle me, yeah, I felt it yeah. for myself. Yeah, but I was just like, you don't understand. Nobody understands, and so many people understand. Yeah. I just was self-centered about it. No, yeah, so I, I just really want to push that point through here that I know <laughs> we how are, unbearable we're I was and am and mm-hmm. continue to be. Yeah. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just saying I'm aware. Can I, can I tell you a story that's yes. going to date me? Okay. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Borders bookstore used to be a thing. Yes. Oh my God, Bookstores used to be a thing. <laughs> you can go into a store. Children. And you can buy a book. Buy a book. And there would be all of them all over the place. It's a beautiful concept. Um, so they started introducing the, um, uh, the option where you can pre-order your book. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to go to the bookstore. You'd have to go up to the little kiosk, and you'd have to order it. Yeah. Everybody can do it. It's not like you can't do it. Yeah. But people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they would host the, like, midnight book release clubs, and people would be up all night. But I, too, was very antisocial. <laughs> also, didn't really have anybody that would take me. Um, yeah, my cousins could have gone, but I don't think they would have been allowed to. So, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would, weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand, I would go down to borders i would pre-order my book i would get my confirmation and then the morning that the book was released like as soon as it was humanly allowed mm-hmm. i would wake my dad up um and like for weeks beforehand i'd be like dad we're gonna wake up at such and such time we're gonna get in the car we're gonna go there i'm gonna do this and we're gonna he's like i know you're like i have an itinerary <laughs> though and i need you to be aware of the plan and like you know something that i now realize was anxiety like i would <laughs> I would be like, no, Dad, we have to go over the plan again. I can again. now identify. I am now identified as anxiety. Um, and so uh, he would drive me downtown, um, and that was the only book borders around. Wait, is it the one on, that was on state? The one that was on state where the old navy is yes. now. Uh, so he would drive me, and so I would hop out. I would walk in, and then borders had like a special line for the people who had pre-ordered their book. And mm-hmm. so you would get your book, you would get a poster, you would get a bunch of other stuff. Oh my god, yeah, And awesome. so uh, people would be waiting in the regular line. And I'm like, you could just go to the kiosk and get it earlier. What's wrong with you? But w- whatever. So I would go in, I would get it. They would pack it in my bag. They would be like, do you want to look at it? Like, I wouldn't touch it. I'm like, put it in my bag. Put my poster in there. Wrap it up. Don't look at me. Give me my Give hand. Me like, back. And I would just immediately go, and they're like, oh, you're so excited. And I would not talk to anybody. I'm like, I'm here. I have my book. Give me my book. I would walk out. My dad would be waiting for me. I would get in. I would put it down. Wouldn't touch it. Yep. Demand that I be left alone. Go to my room. Close the door. Would not emerge until I had to pee. Like, I had to desperately pee. And that would be me for yeah. however long it took me. And it was usually about a day, maybe two. And then it would emerge. Why were we the same person? <laughs> okay. So I think we have successfully 
put across the point that we love Harry Potter. Yeah, I think the people know. The people understand. <laughs> um, and so I, I wanted, obviously, like, 40 minutes into this episode, maybe we should talk <laughs> about Harry Potter. But I would like to um, ask you, like, what house you're in? Okay, so as any true Harry Potter stand, mm-hmm. there's, this is a multiple answer question. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> so... When the OG Pottermore first launched and I took the quiz, I don't remember how old I was. I think I was a teenager. I was Hufflepuff. And I was down with that. I was like, yes, Hufflepuffs, rooms by the kitchen. I like to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Rooms by the kitchen. That's what I was like. Down AF, right? Uh Um, When they relaunched the site, it was still Pottermore. Mm -hmm. They just relaunched things. They like changed some things up. They put a quiz out, and then they included, like, the Patronus quiz, the wand quiz, all of that. Uh-huh. When I took the quiz the second time, I got Ravenclaw. Oh. And I was like, maybe I got smarter? <laughs> <laughs> I just figured it's, like, a maturity thing, maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know how those things work. But, so the second time around, I got Ravenclaw. And then you just made me take the times quiz. Uh-huh. And I got Ravenclaw for that, too. So, so you've been double com- I'm double a Ravenpuff. That's what I like you- to say. Pre Pottermore, did you have like a? Did you ever sort yourself? Um, I figured I would be Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. So like I think it was like I didn't feel. What's the word? Like nerdy enough for Ravenclaw? That's not the word. Because hmm. I, I feel like the books are very like Ravenclaw's like clues and like deciphering things and like hmm. they're very intentional about like the knowledge they like to learn and they like to be challenged and they like to be like yeah you know like very intellectual beings like okay very academic humans i felt like so that was your impression of it yes and so i was like i don't think that's me <laughs> um i just, felt i'm just like a good person and like being good and treating people kind that's how i felt because mm-hmm. then i feel i was like hufflepuffs are just kind of chill they got your back no matter who you are they're like homie down whatever you need i got you do we need snacks like <laughs> I got the hookup. I'm right next the to hookup. the kitchen. I know the house elves. Like, and then, chill. And then, like, I also just really like Cedric Diggory. And now as I've gotten older, I'm like, hello, Newt Scamander. Like, we're all just awkward little Hufflepuffs at heart, really. Okay, okay. okay and I okay. think also part of me was like, I hate that people don't like Hufflepuffs. So I'm going to say I'm a Hufflepuff because <laughs> I'm going to stand up it's for them. Underrated. <laughs> it's underrated. It's <laughs> underrated. Yeah. What house are you? I'm Gryffindor. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> currently on my laptop, there's a giant Gryffindor sticker, so it's not like you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I know your feelings. So, all right, <clears throat> in defense. This is her dissertation on why <laughs> she's a Gryffindor. Okay, so one, I totally validate your feelings about people being, like, super dismissive of uh, Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. especially, but also Ravenclaw. Like, people were always like, I am a Slytherin because I'm, like, a baddie. Or I'm a Gryffindor because I'm Harry or yeah. whatever. And, like, that's never been my thing. Like, mm-hmm. there is a particular, um, they, you know, they have their own descriptions. You can definitely Google them. There's a lot of really good descriptions of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I just always, like, even within the first book or first movie, like, they're showing you that there's not just one type of person. Yeah. I hate it when people are like, Gryffindors are the jocks. <laughs> I'm like, no. that's, you're, you're, I'm you're sorry. Not. We all realize Hermione is in this house, Hermione right? and both <laughs> Hermione Granger and Neville Longbottom are are true Gryffindors. Hello. Yeah. And there's a whole plot point about our whole like little story about Neville not feeling like he belongs, but whatever. Um, 
I am a Gryffindor because I feel like at the heart of me, I'm the kind of person who stands up when things need to be done. Yeah. I don't st- sit around when there's injustice. And so while I'm more of a Hermione Granger type of Gryffindor, I'm still like... You're still a bad bitch. I'm still there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and there are many different types of Gryffindors and I am that kind. Um, because is she smart? Truly. Is she good? Absolutely. Is she kind? Yes. Is she a little vindictive? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> there's, Absolutely. A, there's like a lot of layers to you and that yeah. doesn't mean that you don't get to do that. So it's always just kind of like particularly irked me yeah. that people have this kind of dismissive like... I think it's oversimplified a lot It's oversimplified. Because the they're like, Harry and his friends, Draco Malfoy. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no like in between as far as like the popular culture of it goes. Yeah, and that's what it's always pissed me off that people are like oh, well, you're, like, I'm like, listen, I'm here for the books. I'm here for this. Yeah. So if, you, if you're if you not on my level, don't even t- talk to me. Yeah. So I'm a Gryffindor, proudly, but, like, a Hermione Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> like but what do your quizzes say? Um, my <laughs> quizzes say, so my Pottermore quiz says I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, um, and I was telling you, like, I've, throughout the different versions that have come out, I've actually gotten every house except Slytherin. Mm. Like, any quiz I've ever taken, I've never gotten Slytherin. I've, for the most part, I get a split, a split between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Yeah. Uh, lately, the last couple that I've taken have been a lot of Ravenclaw. Like, a yeah. lot of it. Which is interesting, but not surprising. No. All right, Lucy. So, we've been, we've sorted ourselves. I'm very happy with my own sorting. I'm, I'm a Gryffindor. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. There's I think that. truly, truly, I'm a Hufflepuff. I think I feel like I'm a Hufflepuff. I know that, yeah. that the internet tells me I'm a Ravenclaw, but originally I got Hufflepuff on the quiz, and I feel like that's me. I think that's accurate. I think I, think I might be a bitchier Hufflepuff than most. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But I'm still a gentle, kind person. <laughs> yeah, like, what's that that one McCormack guy? Wasn't yeah. he also, like, a Hufflepuff? Also, like, sucked. Cedric Diggory was a little asshole yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he wore a... He let his friends wear Potter Stinks buttons. Yeah. Like, he wasn't he a was perfect like, person. to stop, you know? He was like, like yeah, I don't to do that. <laughs> me. That's me. He was, like... He, he thought bad about Harry when he... Like, okay, like we're getting into... <laughs> Other Damn books. it, these are from the so fourth book. So let's take a step back here. We've <laughs> but you been know talking. what I mean, you know what I mean. We'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been talking yeah. for a minute about ourselves, about our own feelings. And this is a good book to talk about that with because, yes. you know, Sorcerer's Stone is a little bit of a smaller one. It was the first one. It definitely read as more of a children's book. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, talk a little bit about the book itself. Uh, do you want to read to us a little bit just about that one uh, Joanne Rowling, or as uh, publishers made her go by, J.K. Rowling. Because boys won't buy books made by boys girls. Boys won't buy books made by a woman. <laughs> okay, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> in my so, best narrator voice. Yes, Lucy's going to read to us a couple of excerpts from this really funny little um, scholastic reading guide that she found. J.K. Rowling background. In 1997, Joanne Rowling a single parent living in Edinburgh, Scotland, published her first book. Her story about an 11-year-old orphaned boy who discovers his heritage of wizardry took the world by storm. Published as a children's book, it was embraced by readers of all ages. (laughs) (laughs) Rowling had planned from the beginning to tell the story in a series of seven books. 
The initial success of the first title, published in England as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and in America as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, guaranteed that she would be able to continue the story as she wished from the Scholastic Harry Potter Reading Club. Cute. Um, yeah, I think that that's a pretty good description, right? Like, of who of who joe was yeah and, or who it is and i think that her story also like resonated with a lot of adults of yeah. like you know she's just you know, her, a mom doing her very best and you know she worked really hard and made it happen for herself yeah. which if you're interested in her story it's a really interesting yeah it's really read. riveting yeah um but we're definitely gonna focus on the books we'll definitely yes. refer to joe but this books this is the books. books all right so obviously we're talking about harry potter and the sorcerer's stone mm-hmm. um we're gonna read you the 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 book club's like little description which (laughs) as i was reading it i was like this is like super funny but thank you for reading lucy beautiful let's do a little bit of a description of the book do it all right (laughs) harry potter has been raised by his horrible relatives uncle vernon and aunt petunia who treat him with disdain while lavishing attention on their spoiled son dudley on the eve of his 11th birthday, Harry receives news that changes his life. He is being summoned to attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Harry is astonished to learn that his deceased parents, James and Lily Potter, were both wizards, and that they died trying to protect infant Harry from a dark wizard named Lord Voldemort. I added the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he also discovers much to his own discomfort, that he is famous in the wizarding world. Voldemort's attack on Harry has not only left a lightning-shaped scar on Harry's forehead, but has taken away Voldemort's powers as well. (laughs) As well. That's how you pronounce it. (laughs) At school, Harry soon makes both friends and enemies with equal ease. Ron Weasley becomes Harry's sidekick. And Hermione Granger, who at first appears to be a boring know-it-all, <laughs> wow, quickly proves that she is a fast friend, too. And the three become a team. Draco Malfoy, a bully and a bigot, along oh. with his cronies, Crab and Goyle, become Harry's enemies. Involved with classes, teachers, and Quidditch, an aerial sport played on broomsticks, Harry is also intrigued by the mystery of a hidden object guarded by a three-headed dog. The attempt to solve the mystery with his friends brings Harry face-to-face with his nemesis, Voldemort, in the disguise of someone he least suspects. Oh, Ooh. Look at us being super good and eloquent at reading and not messing yep. up not once. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, wow. Can we talk about the shade? Boring know-it-all? I'm like, Harry's sidekick? Wow. Um, hello, who wrote this? Shade. You're garbage. Shade. Thank you, though, for writing that, because we didn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Sorcerer Stone. It's very straightforward. Um, let's go deep into this, Lucy. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> so we've, of course, read the book already. Yes. Uh, what was your experience rereading it, like the first one? Um, it was so interesting. Like, I felt like it was a little bit hard. <laughs> it was hard? Yeah, okay. because I'm like, I'm not just reading this for joy. Like, I have to t- <laughs> I have to take notes. I have to make sure that I know what the heck I'm going to talk about. But it was fun. Like, my mom would listen to the audiobook with us because I would alternate. Like, I would read the book, and then sometimes I would listen to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. 
my mom was like listening to it along with me we watched the movie together but it was really fun to kind of it was hard but it was fun to go back and be like okay i need to make note of this because this part is really good and be like oh my gosh look at this little easter egg oh my gosh look at this little like start (laughs) of something like it was so fun to go back and be like i'm seeing all the things come together yeah (laughs) that was your experience that's how i feel (laughs) how long did it take you um because of work Mm -hmm. (laughs) it took me like maybe two weeks if i had just sat there and like read the whole thing it's like two days but Mm -hmm. i was reading in between shifts and on my lunch break and on the bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it took me like two weeks this time around yeah what about you Uh, i read it like in a day nice yeah maybe um i didn't have a lot of time so i just like i was like i'm just gonna read it i'm just gonna sit down and read it (laughs) yeah um yeah it's a pretty easy one to like get blast through uh but yeah this was the first time and i've never done this with harry potter i've never like taken notes or i've never been like oh that's interesting or let me let me see that uh that developing plot point or oh that's an interesting (laughs) way that she presented that character yeah um so that was fun i enjoyed it i um uh my friend rue who sent us a really funny audio (laughs) clip uh she uh talked about how this is a very um like it's written in a way that is obviously directed towards kids yeah like kids kids so there's some of the language um it was a very like not childish but i was like okay this is yeah as a 28 year old i know i'm not the audience right now for this but it's my (laughs) book so therefore it's for me and it's fine yeah (laughs) oh gosh uh so when i want to know if there was any like particular quotes or any particular themes you noticed throughout that like stood out to you because you hadn't noticed them or are things that have always been a favorite of yours from Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah. Oh, I feel like there's so many. Like, um, I'm going to quote the whole book. Okay. Okay, ready? We're going to read the whole book. <clears throat> we just this, read. You heard how great at reading we this are? This is just us reading the entire book. Um, the Dursley's introduction oh that whole chapter is like amazing but i particularly enjoy um when uncle vernon is driving to his job Uh and um he says or no he's driving home from work and he says like he was hoping that he's imagining all these coincidences with like the owls and the people in weird clothes and hearing The the potter name and the cat and he says and that's very unusual because he doesn't believe in imagination. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Like, same. <laughs> but that's, like, one of my favorites is how that whole first chapter really builds up, like, the Dursley family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, they're super weird. Aunt Petunia is, like, stay-at-home mom, like, very matronly. Like, I am at home. I take care of our son. I cook. Our son is crazy, but we deal with it because he's our Dudley kids. And, and like, I know, and I'm a nosy, nosy And she's lady. a chismosa because her, <laughs> her neck is long specifically for spying on people. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> I think that's something we both noticed. And I, yeah. I definitely, like, let's stay on the Dursleys for a second. Yes. But I threw out... Throughout this first book, like like I said, it's very much directed towards kids. Yeah. And so there is a lot of, de- like, a lot of the descriptive language is a bit childish. Yeah. But it actually does a really good job of building the world. And I think that's one of the best, or I think that's one of uh, Joe's, like, talents is world mm-hmm. building. Like, obviously, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have this amazing world, but it's, you get it, like, right at the beginning of the series where you you understand where you are, like, 
like setting is it's like there you understand it right away you yeah. you get that you're in a very suburban area you get that people are very much like white picket fence like yeah car in the garage like dad has a menial they're men, very men normal thank you very much yeah like all of that where they're <laughs> no nonsense and they're the best at everything mm-hmm. um one thing that we've always known about the books too is how um she's intentional about her name choices she's intentional oh, yeah. about description and descriptive language so we get that um he's a very round man that he's a very like particular kind of man he's yeah. very no nonsense and um self-important yeah and petunia is very uh you know um buttoned up and yes. very 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 uptight and you know all of that we get and even like a little dudley the son like he we get that he's just a brat even from like being one year old you yeah. know that he's just a menace from the start uh <laughs> what i i like i love that whole scene where he was going to work and you see him rationalizing with himself. yes oh my god you, you read about him rationalizing with himself about how like that like explaining away in a very muggle type of way of like yes. you know that this is what i'm seeing is this and i'm gonna explain it away yeah, and i don't like, have to worry about it yeah like no the cat is looking at the sign because cats don't read and that would be ridic- ridiculous <laughs> cats like, can't read that's ridiculous yeah you know people must this must these people wearing weird cloaks and trenches they're obviously just weirdos yeah and people have such weird trends that they follow mm-hmm. um i thought so once we um like obviously he's not a dumb man yeah he's observe he's observing a lot of things that if he were a man who lacked any kind of intelligence he wouldn't pick up on yeah but his denial brain was like nope 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 none of this is real and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna fill in the the gaps of why that is yeah um but i i don't know if you picked up on this but it was like i don't feel bad for the dursleys in any way and i don't feel any kind of feelings for them yeah i mean i do i do have feelings about them but <laughs> um i was never like oh that's kind of nice but i was kind of taken aback by how thoughtful he, uh vernon was with petunia. handling petunia and like yeah. bringing up the topic of like hey what was your sister's son's name and then as yeah. soon as she started getting a bit defensive he dropped it and he was like no you're right like he was very like supportive yeah i think i did pick up on that and i always felt like it was not a matter of him he's not an he's not an asshole Mm -hmm. like he obviously is in the way that he's conditioned himself to treat anything different Mm -hmm. like it's i think that whole thing of like tradition and norm and like anything outside of that is like an attack on our normalcy and that's what harry is like he's a direct product of like freaks and weirdos and like he's and other, other so yeah that we bad. don't deal with but with things that are traditional and normal with his son and with petunia like that's who he's nice with like everything that they do to like um appease dudley is obviously not healthy but for them comes from a place of like love they love their son mm-hmm. he loves his wife he loves his family it's i just think like it's harry that he's like i could do without like he's not my responsibility He's not, you know, Petunia doesn't even like her family. So, like, why would I care? Because I think that could also stem from, like, he knows that Petunia, how she feels about her family. So, therefore, that's how we need to feel about Harry. Like, I do, I feel like it's a very, you pick up on it because it's there. He's super nice with her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, in everything that they do. And that's why I think it's, you don't feel bad for them, but you acknowledge, like, he's not a complete trash human. Like, he's not. It actually makes me feel like he's a worse person. Yeah. 
because it's not that he's like this two-dimensional or that either of them are these two-dimensional characters that are like we're bad people and we treat children badly, badly. We, we abuse children like they are able in some way able to rationalize their literal child abuse of harry um and also see themselves as good people yeah and the only reason i think that they um are able to see themselves that way is because they genuinely think that they're good people and they genuinely think that harry is bad and he comes from something that shouldn't be shouldn't be yeah um and so not at all to like rationalize what they do to him but i think that's where it it helped me understand it but like i'm saying i think it made me see him as even worse of a person because he's aware because he still capable. chooses to, yeah yeah he's capable i think that's of a i think that's and... a theme that is carried across the books yeah like so it's kind of important to point that out now because again like we said these are seeds that are like planted from the very beginning mm-hmm. and that's a big one like just because like there's a difference between genuinely bad people that are always bad and people who choose to treat others badly yeah. Okay, I think that's a big theme. There's this thing where, you know, would like obviously he, they're like the Dursleys are so obsessed with status and mm-hmm. they're so obsessed obsessed with um the status quo and being a part of um, which is like the same as like the Malfoys. So I think right. they kind of explored yeah. that in both. Absolutely, like they mm-hmm. they all have a very particular way of viewing the world and their mm-hmm. view um does not allow for difference. And so when there is difference, um, rather than being like, oh, well, people are different, they're, they're like violent against it. They want to attack yeah. it because they want to stop it to make it go away because it threatens their entire sense of self and sense of like place and sense of what the world is. Yeah. And so like obviously like throughout the series, we learn more and more about Petunia. We don't really learn much more about Vernon other than that his sister is also a garbage person (laughs) um Uh, yeah but i i thought that one particular thing that i was like i see a moment of him being a good spouse i see a moment of him being caring towards his wife and wanting to protect her feelings Mm -hmm. and that made me sadder to think that people who are capable of that kind of empathy with each other would also be capable of that type of cruelty with a child yeah um and like as far as petunia like remember when um like we don't really see much of her like we don't hear much from her yeah until hagrid comes to get harry oh yeah and then she kind of goes off on her little goes off oh my god what were your feelings on petunia in that moment listen i just think it's what's interesting is i don't think i truly hate any characters in this series Mm -hmm. like because she develops them so well that they have like multiple layers and you're like okay um i just think she's probably a child that like her sister got all the attention for being special and she like carried that like hate into her adulthood but repressed it like it was like a repressed like like she's not going to show her emotions because that's not proper like and again she's very buttoned up very like I gotta keep my composure we don't talk about that because you know my sister's like trash and we don't we don't acknowledge that but I think in that moment it kind of just like burst out of her and it was her way of like justifying Mm-hmm. like why they didn't tell him because it doesn't matter because she was a trash human and she went and got herself blown up because she's stupid and like yeah. like it all just came out because she was it's what she probably tells herself like all the time like it's how she rationalizes like it's it. how she rationalizes it and when somebody challenged that and was like like Hagrid was a full-on like knock your door down like excuse me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 
the jig is up, people. Like, how could you not tell him? Yeah, that like really speaks to her mindset. Yeah, and she just was like, nope, I'm I'm going to defend myself, and this is the way I'm rationalizing yeah. it. Like, I'm still right. <laughs> I, oh, man, that just, these two people, man. Because <laughs> you're right, like, I, I don't know if I, if I hate anybody in the in the whole entire series. Yeah. There are some people that I, I'm like, oh. Ugh, yeah. But with them, it's more like, I'm just like, a guest that people couldn't behave that way and it's not like this far-fetched thing because yeah there are a lot of very realistic things that are placed um for these two characters in this family that makes you understand why they would behave in that yeah. way not not condone it in any way and it makes you want to admonish them more and make them like have to be responsible in some yeah. way but um, one other Dursley thing, I don't know, like how I wanted to hear Dursley things. Dursley things. Dursley <laughs> corner. Um, I totally forgot while reading it that Harry has to go back yeah. after going to Diagon Alley. That's something, and we'll because, talk about this like when we talk more about yeah. Like, stuff but that he wasn't goes included. back. Like he has this magical experience of like being free and having money and getting his school supplies, and then he has to go back for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> he was like counting down the days on his little calendar till he's like, Oh man, I just found all this stuff out and then I still have to go back to these people. Yeah, and oh my god, so the fact that they like before that even everything when they put him up in Dudley's second room, I'm like that tells you more about where they're at in their mind. Yeah. That they know what they're doing is wrong. They know that if people were to find out that they had just a child in a cupboard that it wouldn't yeah. be good. And so once they realize that they're being observed, then they're like, oh, ha, ha, everything's fine. And we're not treating him badly, but they're yeah. still emotionally abusing him. So let's talk about Harry a little bit. Yeah. So let's get into it. For I think one of like, again, like this is a pretty straightforward book. It's very like, mm-hmm. it's obviously like world building and introducing you to characters and introducing you to a lot of uh, other plot points that are going to develop throughout the series. But what I what I did get from this reading that I don't know if I had picked up on before or that I didn't I guess I didn't pay such a special attention to it is Mm -hmm. that like as an adult doing the job that I do I have like a a, a particular like kind of like a little antenna like to pick up on like safety concerns or like pick up on like when there might be something going on that's not safe Mm -hmm. and so I've always of course picked up on how horribly Harry was treated but I think, like, you just realize how, like, just how horrific it was. Yeah. And I think people can easily, like, you know, explain a way that he wasn't, like, but he was starved. He was beaten. He was yeah. neglected. He was emotionally abused. Like, he humiliated. Had, he was humiliated. Yeah. He was degraded. Like, he had all these things happen to him at, before the age of you know 10 11 and he's also been lied to about who he is like he has no self he has no self-awareness he has no identity of who he is um and so i wanted to know more about that like what you picked up on or what what particular points in the book stood out to you about that particular topic yeah um i feel like we kind of talked about this so i'm like i don't want to make points that you made and be like yeah we talked (laughs) no these are my points but I think you pick up on a lot of it with, like, his mistrust with people mm-hmm. and, like, how on guard he is always. Like, and even with little things, like, when Hagrid comes and the next morning he, like, is like, I'm going to wake up and I'm still going to be in the cupboard and, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is on Petunia knocking on my door. And, like, and he wakes up and he's like, holy crap, that really happened, which is 
the disbelief is believable as far as like wow you just got told you were a wizard of course you're gonna wake up and be like holy shit that didn't happen but just kind of like this sense of like I don't even know what it is like he takes people for what they're giving him at face value and is like I'm gonna come to my own conclusions like sure this is what you're telling me but we'll see yeah, you know, like I, it's a very on guard way of like interacting with people. And I think to your point that you mentioned when we were talking about this, it's most noticeable when he first comes into contact with Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the big part where you're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't trust this guy. Like yeah. they're all here to get robes and it's like lighthearted and he's shopping in Diagon Alley and he's like being introduced to this world. And the minute he comes into contact with Malfoy, he's like, hmm, yeah. I don't know about you. Well, Harry's been an abused kid. He's yeah. been, like, abused by his aunt and uncle and bullied by his cousin. So he knows how to spot a bully, like, a mile yeah. away. And I... So, yeah, that one scene with Malfoy where Malfoy is, like, seemingly being really friendly and, like... I mean, not even seemingly. Like, in Malfoy's... In the realm of like Draco in Malfoy. His, that's... In, in his mindset. Like, he was being so friendly and so <laughs> welcoming. Also, while being extremely bigoted and just yeah. spouting off his parents' beliefs, right? Yeah. So, we know that he, like, any any like good person would be like, ew, what you're saying is horrible. Yeah. But, um, and then not to jump around, like, too much, but I think that, like, the best example of how Harry's mind is and what, like, like, I was telling you that one of my, like, my least favorite, most hated even, yeah. uh, like, perspectives on Harry is that he's lazy or that he's whiny or oh, that yeah. he's, like, throughout any of the series or any of the books. Um, and you get, like, a really good foundation for the person that Harry is and grows mm-hmm. up to be in the first book because you get this background where he doesn't know who he is. He's abused by his aunt and uncle. He's you know tortured and bullied by his cousin and all his all his friends he has no friends of his own he doesn't have anything that belongs to him Mm -hmm. and so when this big giant man comes to his house (laughs) and is like hey come with me like like alarm bells do sound off but he's also like okay there's there's genuinely nothing worse that could happen to me so let's (laughs) go but the thing is that as an 11 year old he has an understanding that not all trust uh, adults are trustworthy mm-hmm. and he has this understanding that you can be lied to and be mistreated yeah by adults and so you have to be cautious and you have to be aware of things and you also have to question things because yeah. you're lied to and kids get lied to and hurt mm-hmm. and so when um he he and hermione and ron are going through the different um trials to get to the sorcerer's stone towards the end of the book yeah um it is very much like a life and death situation yeah and maybe the kids just kind of like jumped into this thing but he has been put his whole life in a position of you have to fight and you have to be really like um intentional about your choices because if not the next thing you can do can get you really really hurt yeah um and you're also being told like hey your whole life is a lie <laughs> yeah. and you have these parents but except they they were brutally murdered and yeah. this person did it and now um the thing that's made you feel safe is that is being threatened and yeah. it's not like oh this stone is gonna get stolen like who cares about a stone yeah it's the stone is gonna get stolen and the thing that killed my parents and destroyed my life yeah is gonna come back and then take everything away like yeah. those are major stakes yeah and so even as an 11 year old you kind of have to be like oh yeah i'm gonna fight for this and even through all of that again he doesn't want to tell any adults 
he doesn't trust he's like i don't trust these people like i don't want to tell someone my plan and it's ruined and then i think that's one of the things that i find kind of interesting is like for those of you who have read you know the plot point like the the stone gets um an attempted robbery occurs at Gringotts, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, they figure out that the stone is at Hogwarts and they're thinking like someone's going to try to take it from here. Right. And they're kind of just plotting. And Harry seemingly <laughs> puts together this whole story that it's Professor Snape. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, this guy just seems seedy. I don't like him. He doesn't like me. He's suspicious. Like all points lead to Snape. Yeah. And it's, I think kind of fueled by like this mistrust and it's like this person is obviously not being honest with me in some form right and i'm aware of people like that so i'm gonna watch you and he just becomes like so suspicious of him rightfully so but also like a little bit on the extreme end where he's like yeah it's not even extreme but it's just like he's so hyper focused on this because he's like i know how adults are and i know like you're shady Right, well, you're he trying has, like, to hurt a, a me. Keen sense of fight or yeah. flight, and he he has like through personal experience um, known that if he doesn't act, he'll get hurt. Yeah, um, and yeah, like you make a great point that the fact that you know maybe another kid would have been like this something weird. I'm gonna go tell somebody, and his his just like understanding that this is something that he needs to address yeah. isn't even like a like in another like young adult novels where it's like. I'm the chosen one or I'm special no. or I'm this or that like that none of that was even introduced in this book it's more like these are the facts Dumbledore is gone for some reason I've told <laughs> Professor McGonagall Hagrid isn't helping I don't trust anybody else let's do this so who else are we going to talk yeah. to which I think is interesting in comparison to like Hermione even mm-hmm. where she has kind of she grew up in like a household where she was like very loved and obviously you learn this further on but she has both her parents she's very Mm -hmm. like you know she talks about like how they're dentists and all of this like they're just normal parents she's um muggle a muggle born and i think it's interesting that in, in the first steps of them trying to figure out what's happening and when Harry's like, it's Snape, it's Snape, it has to be Snape. And she's like, well, maybe, like, let's examine this a little bit further. Because maybe it's not. Like, he's a professor. Like, why would a professor, like, try to steal this? Like, she goes through the steps of, like, that doesn't make sense because professors are people we trust. Like, this is a school and we're supposed to be safe. And, like, mm-hmm. she has a more, like, a more healthy understanding of, like, yeah. or maybe just more, tr- like, typical she's able to sort of of, use logic mm -hmm. and reason and be like well if this is happening then x is what we have to do and even she understands what the stakes are and understands that they really don't are not in a position when they are looking for the sorcerer's stone and they think that professor snape is going to steal it and and you know Mm -hmm. enact it so that voldemort can come back to life like all of that is these stakes are very real and even Hermione, who is ultra logical, yeah. ultra reason, like a, a very reasonable person, yeah. understands that there is no other option. Mm-hmm. Um, and even she, like, has a lot of history, a lot of things that tell us that she might make choices that maybe aren't super reasonable, but they're yeah. done logically. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a moment to talk about these beautiful little children and their yes. friendship. Oh my god! Because you brought up Hermione, who's everything to me. Everything. Yeah. Um, but like let's take a step back mm-hmm. and talk about how beautiful their friendship is oh, i love it because i'm just like obsessed i love it i just think <laughs> that 
I don't know. I love their group and kind of how it's formed. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Ron is kind of that person that like Harry can truly relate to. Yeah. At first. And it's like the first like friend friend and even more so like whether people want to think it like makes a big deal or not it's like the first boy that he can relate to and be like Mm -hmm. oh i can see you're like me in some ways and like we both have struggles with like family and feeling like outsiders and not for the same reasons Mm -hmm. but like we can relate on certain things and like and it's not even on the like oh we're boys and we can do boy things but it's like another person like me yeah who's also a boy like me who like you know like it's not because it's we do boy things, but like I can very clearly be like this person is like me. Yeah, I think that that scene on the on the train, the train. is like so it's so indicative of their friendship. Yes, and this it's just I the way Hermione comes into it too is like the perfect Hermione Granger way to become friends with people. Well, so what I noticed <laughs> with with Ron and and Harry's like mm-hmm. the beginning of their friendship their is that like yeah uh, of course like they're boys and they're like oh like but honestly they have really the really real conversations right away about he's like you know in the kid way where i don't think an adult would feel less comfortable asking harry to see a scar or asking yeah. like you know all these because that would be like taboo like oh my god you wouldn't ask somebody to like see a scar yeah but like in that's like it's very much like two kids mm-hmm. talking to each other but also two kids like that childlike innocence that isn't taken away because of like puberty or like mm-hmm. other societal stuff where it's like yeah my family is struggling but uh, let me give you a reason why and you know yeah I, when he's like it's just you know there's a lot of us and you know she doesn't have a lot of time yeah, it was so sweet yeah um but he also like like he has this preconception of who harry is because yeah. he's known harry's entire life for his whole life yeah um and for him to meet him and be like oh this is just another kid yeah and for harry to be like I've never had a single thing in my whole entire life. Yeah. And so I'm super chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super chill, bro. I'm one of us. I'm, I'm one of you. Because I've never <laughs> had anything in my life. And this yeah. is like the best thing. And so. That's ever happened. It yeah. takes away the pressure of you somehow talking to this person. Yeah. Where I think people would have expected Harry to be more of a Malfoy character. Yeah. Um. Whereas. And I think Malfoy expected that too. To yeah. Be like, oh, well, I'm yeah. just going to befriend Harry Potter and there's going to be that. Um. But they, like, start on this, like, really tender, sweet mm-hmm. place where it's just two kids being like, oh, we're, we are the same or we have a lot of sameness and yeah. we're also, like, interested in some cute things. And then Yeah, and I love that Ron kind of takes on the role of, like, I'm going to teach you about wizard stuff. Like, yeah. aside from Hagrid, because it's like Hagrid can teach him some things, but he's also still, like, an adult. He's, like, an old man. He's an old man. And Ron is like, oh, my gosh, like, you can collect cards and we have games and there's, like, candies and all this cool stuff like pictures yeah. move you can and relate to him in like another kid yeah and it's not like in even in a condescending way like when harry's like oh my gosh my picture is gone and he was like well yeah you can't expect him to stay here all day like yeah. like it's a very like nonchalant like duh harry like come on like it just kind of i felt like it was such a nice way of like introducing something something to someone and mm-hmm. making them feel like you already know this like come on yeah like it's such a cute kid way of being like let me share with you all the things that i like and maybe you'll like them too because you've never had this experience yeah like, and it's it's like super non-intentional he's mm-hmm. not being like oh i'm gonna show you everything and no, this is gonna like, be this what stuff I, am. I like like you're gonna be my best friend because you're harry potter and i don't no, feel like yeah it's like i'm 
we met we're friends like you're a cool kid i'm a cool kid we have some stuff we're interested in and let me show you and that's like a great plot device too or like yeah a, a, a great narrative device oh of yeah. the fact that we are introduced to harry when he knows nothing and so we're being introduced learning to everything with him yeah. through his eyes and so we get to learn everything we don't know about the world through harry yeah. and it makes sense and it doesn't feel super like gross i love like, it yeah mm-hmm. because it also doesn't feel trivial yeah because you're like everything would be important to someone that knows mm-hmm. nothing about this environment like even the fact like even candies and chocolate frogs and like the like birdie bats every flavor beans uh, that's yeah. why it works so well because like if you're coming into a new experience, every single detail is going to be important to yeah, you. Yeah, everything makes sense. Everything yeah. you're seeing is the first time you've seen it. And, like, with Ron, we we were talking about this earlier, and we'll definitely get to this in a minute, but, like, as far as, like, his character, I feel like they do such a disservice to him in the movies. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they add a lot to him, too. Like, he's a bit more charismatic a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, he's, he's always been very funny. Yeah. But he's also... Um, very kind and compassionate and he's very giving he's very supportive he's um he's also very smart in his own way and the fact that we also like get a few like the like the beat like the planting of some seeds that will grow later and that Mm -hmm. we will definitely see later on like we see this with him rationalizing why he doesn't have a lot or him rationalizing why he has secondhand things and we start getting some of that resentment but like in a very like little boy way where mm-hmm. it's not anything bad but you learn yeah like okay he's got some baggage that he's got with him yep um hermione granger <laughs> what up girl hi how are you hermione jane granger yes. a beautiful little baby girl whomst <laughs> i love um they were so mean to her <laughs> they were so mean to her they were jerks they were they were kind of like ill she's a girl like not even like i think carrie like wasn't like acting mean towards her he just wasn't like on his radar yeah he, he was, was like, like she's eh. just she's just there but ron was very much like go away she's a know-it-all <laughs> you're not wanted. which like i never understand what is wrong with that um it's hard like to she's think. a know-it-all of things that you didn't know so she's informing okay, you i can speak to this as a know-it-all as an insufferable <laughs> know-it-all. know-it-all as an insufferable know-it-all myself i can definitely <laughs> attest to the fact that it's it's really alienating and it's also a bit um patronizing and people feel like they're being condescended to and yeah um also like it's your way of wanting to connect with people i'll be like well i know all these things let me tell you but um, then people are like i didn't ask you like (laughs) like you you just are doing your best to try to connect with people but people also are people and so if you're making them feel small then no matter how unintentionally unintentionally you're doing it yeah i feel like that's something that's kind of a little unspoken where it's like you forget like she was a muggle born and she's coming into this world not knowing anything either yeah and her way of dealing with it like was I'm going to learn everything I can learn about this. Like, I'm going to read books, and I'm going to be prepared, and I'm going to be excited. I'm like, yay, Hogwarts! Like, I, like yeah. she was very much so, like... And I think that's kind of her comfort zone, is, like, I'm safe as long as I know everything I need to know. Yeah. Like, if I have all the facts, I'm good. Like, 
I, 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 I relate to that yeah. very deeply. <laughs> Everything so will deeply. be okay as long as I know it all. <laughs> everything will be fine as long as I know absolutely everything and everybody knows that I know absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that Hermione found a lot of comfort in, in knowledge. And it wasn't even be, to be a know-it-all. It was because yeah. she has this genuine love of learning. Yeah. And... It, it manifests in a way that other kids can't really relate to. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he's going to be impressive to adults, and so adults are going to praise her in a certain kind of way. Yeah. Except for Snape, who did her real dirty. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like if he wasn't so intent on being a douche, like, he would have loved her as a student. Yeah. Because she was actually like, oh, my gosh, I want to learn all she the things. She wants to learn everything, and she yeah. would have loved for somebody to take, like, special attention to her and, sh- and help her learn, not even yeah. for, like the attention of it but because she'll get to learn Mm -hmm. um and then let's talk about the the puzzles that they do at the end oh my god um there's like honestly this can be like a 15 hour episode we're just gonna end up getting into the things i hate about the movies because they left out her puzzle yes triggered (laughs) so i i really love how they're setting up like again there's a lot of setup we know obviously we said it multiple times that this is like world building we're learning we're getting like the foundation of what characters are going to be moving forward um i want to talk a bit more about like the movies okay so one of the biggest things that we when we started plotting out doing these ep- these episodes were like let's talk about all the characters that they didn't include or all the stories they didn't include yes, cuz there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> so um as far as the movies you see you're like a movie fan first movie pretty great right yes pretty great very christmasy oh yeah. um and did yeah. do you prefer one over the other like do you prefer the book or the movie for the first for the first 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 one um i think the uh, i'm gonna say the book for pretty much all of them i think if i'm being real i'm real. gonna say something so controversial do you prefer i the don't movie? even i don't i wouldn't even say that i prefer the movie i just think that because it is so like so much of a kid's book the movie is enjoyable in a way that I can enjoy as an adult, yeah. but you don't get a lot of the context, which of course right. you would never get. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something Gabby told me like years and years ago because I would honestly like work myself up so much <laughs> that like I would like hyperventilate and I yeah. would like get overwhelmed and I get really mad and I would cry because it's just so important to me. <laughs> and she's like, and I would get mad and like get overwhelmed. And after we would watch the movie, I would talk about all the things they missed and things they yeah. didn't include. And oh, I'm so mad. And they didn't explain this or they didn't explain yeah. that. And she was like, "You have to think about the movies and the books as separate things. Yeah, you can't like if you want the book, read the book. Yeah, the movie is gonna be another thing. And so you you have to like go into it obviously knowing, but you can't. Yeah, you it's can't, its own thing. You, it has to be its own thing, or else you're just gonna like." work yourself up into this <laughs> to the state of hysteria yeah i never listened to her but it still stayed with me. <laughs> it still stayed with me so yeah. um that being said i think that watching the movie it's a more like um like it helps you understand it a little bit better and you're watching it and it like helps some of that um world building go away because yeah. you can see it because a lot of it is, visualize, yeah. is um world building so you kind of have to use your imagination and in the b- movie you're seeing it come to life of what you've been imagining mm-hmm. so it does i feel like it is such a beautiful compliment yeah. to the book i could see that i'm not mad at it i'm not mad at it either i think as far as world building which is very important for this the movie does obviously it does that for you it's just like beautiful yeah 
All right, so let's get to it. What did these bastards forget? Just kidding. What wasn't included? Um, peeves. First oh and God. foremost, I understand why. I guess I don't. I don't understand at all. <laughs> but like, peeves is such a crucial part of the books. Like he's intertwined in this story through mm-hmm. all of this. He's there for it all. He really is. Like, I mean, I feel like he's such a comedic, like, I guess I understand why they were I get why as far as, like, the technology, and it would be so much work to, like. They had damn nearly headless, yeah, but, like. Nearly headless Nick. But he wasn't a ghost. He was a poltergeist. It's different. You know, like. But they could. They could have, I guess. But, I don't know. I don't know, man. They did my boy Peeves dirty. He was hilarious. Yeah. Well, we I don't even know if we explained it or not, but that little reading we did at the beginning was actually oh. <laughs> the Hogwarts. It's the Hogwarts song. school song. That's one of the things that like I enjoyed that I was like they could have included that. They was, like, didn't all, put any of the was all the songs. songs. Yeah, they was like this book is very song. These books are very song. It could have been a whole musical. Um, <laughs> and they don't include any of the songs, so they don't yeah. have. They do do a bit when they have like the the um the, the toads. toads. <laughs> but, but that's it's not, not the even. full thing so the sorting hat does a little song each year it's different every it's year it's different every year um, the whole thing with um friends in the forbidden forest oh. and that's very important because he actually does come back as like he a pretty a, major character friends and the rest of the centaurs have a pretty big they have a significant role and yeah. they're not explored yeah there's and we'll get when we get to that book we'll talk about it a lot but like yeah Ugh, it's, i so feel like angry. it's things that like setups were kind of taken yeah. out um um who else oh so we had started talking about it so let's go back to it about yes. um the potions the potions the potions uh test or riddle that mm-hmm. hermione has to solve to, in order to get past the that kind obstacle. of annoyed me because i feel like it took her part of it out it did because and then got... it made her part of it their biology part and i was like Ugh. yeah eh. where it was just like quick thinking which mm-hmm. is like smart, but like you know, it's not a true riddle. It's not like. But this is genuinely like, Hermione like because she's, an a- attentive student was able to understand it. Yeah. So we're talking about um, the last test that has to happen before the mirror of um, before Harry's able to get past to go of confront who he thinks is stealing the mm-hmm. Sorcerer's Stone, and um, there's a potions riddle that Hermione has to to read it yeah read it let me get to it we're gonna read the potions riddle okay so while Lucy is looking for it yes um the I I just and that's when we have that that little tender moment between Harry and Hermione when Mm -hmm. she when he's like you know whatever you're you're great and she's like me I'm not like you're brave you know I'm just books and cleverness and what's more important is like friendship friendship and bravery and bravery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is like essentially the thesis of this damn series. <laughs> Who cares about book smarts? Well, it's not even that. I it's know. like everything is important. Like, <laughs> everything I'll, like is, yeah. you need to be able to have the the brains to figure out the um, devil snare. You need to be able to have the agility that Harry does on his broom to yeah. get the br- the keys. You need to be um, as good at wizard's chest as Ron is and able to strategize to get there. And then you have to be able to use logic yeah. and reasoning like Hermione does yeah. to get to the next thing. And then Harry has to be brave yep. 
and face up to something yeah, that's really that's, terrifying. That's kind of why I like this part of the books more is because it really sets up for their characters. Exactly. And for who they are at their core as people and what their strengths in their relationship is. Yeah. And um, shout out to Rue because this is one of the points yes. that, that she shared that mm-hmm. were really upsetting to her that we that were not included. And also I think this kind of takes away from like the cleverness of Snape too. Like I feel like in the movies he's kind of brought up as, yeah, he's smart, but like, the main plot of his character is that he's mean. Or is that it, he's like sinister. Or that he's or, like, sinister. And there's, mysterious um, in some kind of I think of a way. lot of what's lacking in the movies is more like character development and depth. Like, they're very one-sided for a lot of the characters. But I think because they don't have, like, the luxury of, like, giving... I don't know. They can't do a three-hour podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always said it would work as a TV Uh, series, but more on that later. You Um, know, they always talked about that. Lucy, read to us the potions I love the potions riddle. Here we go, people. Danger lies before you while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us seven will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Two among our number hold only nettle wine. Three of us are killers waiting hidden in the line. Choose unless you wish to stay here forevermore. To help you in your choice, we give you these clues for. First, however slyly the poison tries to hide, you will always find some on nettle wine's left side. Second, different are those who stand at either end, but if you would move onwards, neither is your friend. Third, as you see clearly, all are different size. Neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides. Fourth, the second left and on and the second on the right are twins. Once you taste them, though, different at first sight. Okay. And that's when I would have died. Yeah. Nope, too many words done. Yeah, I'm not good at riddles. I'm really not good at riddles. I think I would have sat there for a very long time. Like maybe eventually it would have clicked, but it would have taken it would have just started some diagramming, randoms. some Excel spreadsheets. Um yeah, I love I absolutely love that challenge. I love the entire um part with Ron teaching them how to play wizard's chess and being like no i have to sacrifice myself it's the only way (laughs) um but i just because he is very smart too and that gets taken away and it's like knowing how to play chess and strategize that far in advance at that age you have to know how to strategize and you know how to like you have to be it's very calculated thinking it's not just like i'm good at this for no reason (laughs) (laughs) i have a lot of feelings ron weasley is smart He's smart and he's kind and he's not a throwaway uh, character and he's yes. no one's sidekick. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Hermione is not an insufferable know-it-all. Not boring know-it-all. Boring. Like, she's, she is never... That girl is not boring. She's a know-it-all. She um, is insufferable. But okay. boring? Never. Absolutely not. Never. Okay, do you want to hear one of the things that I actually really like that the movie added? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> tell me. You tell know me. it, girl. You know it. <laughs> it's the scene where she says, we could have gotten... Or we could have been killed or worse, expelled. And Ron goes, she needs to sort out her priorities. Like, <laughs> that was not in the books. That wasn't. That is not in there. Great but addition. it was such a good freaking line. And it's so, like, on brand. Like, so, oh, so, so on in brand. character for him. Yeah. Because uh, there's is, so many good Hermione quotes in this one, too. Oh, yeah. There's so many it's ones. Livio saw, not Livio saw. You've got dirt on your nose. Did you know? <laughs> 
Like, excuse me, you just let um, yourself walk all of down these train hallways with <laughs> dirt on your nose? Oh my god, there's others, you know, there's Or when she's like, you should probably get your robes on, we're close. Like, she's very like, you don't, you don't need to be seen like this. Or you're doing magic. <laughs> let me see then. That's one of my favorite little Ron things, the sunshine daisies butter mellow turn the, the stupid, stupid fat rat yellow <laughs> like why did you think that was gonna work all right let's <laughs> see so i i want to kind of start like wrapping up obviously yeah. there's a lot of big picture stuff that's being put forward here the groundwork um, is being laid you know what are some things that you're noticing that you're gonna keep an eye out looking forward i can give you some examples of what i'm doing do it okay so we're we're learning a lot about like significance of names a lot of characters yes. there's a lot of characters being introduced that obviously in hindsight we know but um we're gonna be introduced to like way way later on into yes. the series which is like so indicative of how much thought and plot was put together way way in the thought future and plotting. <laughs> thought and plotting <laughs> um we get the first instance of Harry's scar hurting mm-hmm. and him immediately, like, instinctually knowing what it means. What it means, yeah. Not even, like, why it means, but knowing that, like, he had, he's trusting himself in his instincts. Um, we get a lot of, like, Dumbledore's planning put out. Yep. So the conversation he has with Harry after, you know, at his bedside when he's safe, yes. talking about how we learn about... Um, Harry being protected by his mother's love and why yes. her sacrifice has such a significance and mm-hmm. we start to learn a little bit more about that um we learn about how um Snape does or I'm sorry uh Dumbledore has a lot of trust for Snape yes and is like unwavering in that throughout mm-hmm. the series um and then we start like to learn a little bit more about prophecy and dreams yeah. and fate maybe especially with the mirror of Erised which mm-hmm. we didn't talk about but I think that's kind of a nice tool of like thought and need and kind of priorities even i yeah. feel like this kind of starts to like set the tone for dumbledore kind of like you are yeah and dumbledore almost like i feel like grooming him a little bit where it's like oh, you, sure. need to, you need to learn what is good for you what is safe what is a priority like don't get lost in these kinds of dots don't sit here and like he's dwell. starting to throw out the yeah. plots like he gives him his um the clo- invisibility cloak. cloak yeah okay one last thought for me is that in regards to the mirror of erised um like yeah. i didn't share any quotes that like were significant to me but mm-hmm. this is the one yeah that to me was um like absolutely like heartbreaking mm-hmm. and probably the one that just tells you like the most about where harry is at yeah and so this is when harry is looking into the mirror for the first time and he says the potter smiled and waved at harry and he stared hungrily back at them his hands pressed flat against the glass as though he was hoping to fall right through it and reach them. He had a powerful kind of ache inside of him, half joy, half terrible sadness. And I'm like, yes. that's it right there. It's that in his, like, the deepest wish he has is not, like, Ron who wants to be, like, mm-hmm. you know. Had a boy. And, and you know, that if we're going to yeah. read into it, it's just him wanting acknowledgement and him wanting to have some sort of, um, you know being acknowledged and aware made aware of and feel a little special just to stand out from others Mm -hmm. but for harry it's just like this deep like longing longing of belonging not even just belonging and with his peers but like with a family with his family and Mm -hmm. being able to identify that feeling of like he's so happy and he's just so deeply sad and for a child of 11 to be able to feel like that intensity and that like 
that depth of emotion um and the fact that in the book it's not just his parents but it's his whole the family whole family grand potter generation like other yeah. extended people it's like you understand that for him yeah there's just this big missing part yeah and even if he is learning more about it like his deepest wish is to like belong because it's not like no, i want to yeah. be exalted i want to be celebrated it's just i want to belong yeah. um and i think it hits harder in the books because it is just like it's the end it's like his history not just mm-hmm. my parents yeah it's this thing of like your family tells you who you are and he has none of that mm-hmm. you know yeah so i think yeah i think that's like such a good quote that's one of the best it is and so that's this where like going forward reading the next series the mm-hmm. next i keep calling it a series reading the next books that's sort of like where my brain is at is like yes. what are some of these little nuggets that have been introduced what is harry um yeah know, sharing with us so tell me your your thoughts here Lucy. i want to make sure we don't forget that you'd mentioned that um the storyline with neville kind of starts developing oh yeah in this first book um, um, and mm-hmm. just a lot of things because they also another thing that was left out in the movies is the midnight duel with mm-hmm. Malfoy um, of course like Neville's role as far as like a standing up to enemies is one thing but like your friends like there's that little plot line but it's so much more kind of happening with Neville always being there and Neville kind of being like I know this... I, I just said that I was done and I have like you <laughs> reminded me that I like had just been telling you about that's how... why I'm like you told me I don't want you to forget okay what we talked about with so... Neville because it's very important for right. the next coming books all right let me retract my previous statement and say this Denise, I'm giving you your soapbox okay <laughs> here it is okay tell us you. about Neville I appreciate it <laughs> so again this is a lot of like early things so I it have sets up a lot so I have a lot of feelings and thoughts yeah. about Neville and he's just like oh so good such a good so good um but in this particular book what I really enjoyed about Harry and Neville's relationship is that um I don't think there was ever really any interactions between Harry and Neville that were mm-hmm. not based on something that was done to Neville and him needing some sort of help. Um, <laughs> I but... just remembered what his little line. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. worth. Oh my god, okay, worth wait. twelve of you. So I was <laughs> I, when I was like reading through it, I was just I I was telling you about how like. I, and I, don't, I know that this is a thing, but I didn't really do much research. Again, I wasn't going to do much outside research. But mm-hmm. from my understanding, like kids who have like been abused or have like this history that Harry does, like they have a very like keen awareness of others. Mm-hmm. And like he has like a lot of empathy. And so he's able to uh, identify Neville as somebody right. who is very similar to him, like harry had been bullied his entire life and so was neville mm-hmm. and um neville is still being bullied but harry isn't to the extent at all that neville still is yeah and he recognizes that what you need most in that moment is a friend you need right. somebody to reassure you and validate you that you're okay so harry could have easily been like you know i'm gonna go beat up malfoy or i'm gonna go do this or i'm gonna do that like he does stand up for neville, for neville. when malfoy like when when he's not there yeah right and i've told you this like in our own conversations that for me like the significance of having somebody stand up for you when you're not there to take care of yourself like that's like i'm gonna start crying (laughs) that's like (laughs) crucially important and like for somebody like that didn't have that um for harry to do that like implicitly like no this is wrong and even if he isn't like my friend yet yeah you don't get to treat people that way malfoy and i will stand up for him 
Um, so there's that. And then later on when um, Malfoy and the others are, like, just berating um, Neville. Neville, they tell, you know, very simply, like, Harry gives him a piece of candy. And he says, you know, you're worth 12 of him. Yeah. And then when he's, like, making fun of him again, Neville has the the reassurance of his friends to yeah. say, I am worth 12 of you. Malfoy. And to say, like, to say it to his bully. To say, yes. I actually do have self-worth. And it's not because somebody has made me feel better um, because they feel bad for me, but mm-hmm. it's because they validate me as a person and help me see yeah. my own worth. And it's just so beautiful. And then, you know, as we'll go along, we'll learn more about the connection between yeah. Neville and Harry. But I just... Beautiful. Ugh, beautiful me, was little frameworks, Joanne. <laughs> beautiful so gorgeous so here's what i would suggest okay so i do still want to hear your final thoughts yes but i think going forward um we'll have like a section where we talk about like okay so now that we have this information oh yeah how does stuff from the first book or the previous books mm-hmm. reflect on that so we will have the opportunity to be like oh, i really want to talk about this but we didn't Promise have that we'll information yet yeah so anything that we want to talk about currently like we're taking a note of it um, and we'll get to it. But okay, so now I'm actually going to shut the hell up. <laughs> Lucy, <laughs> tell me like what your takeaways are and what you're going to look into for more forward. Takeaways. Joe's a master. <laughs> we stand a queen. Literary masterpiece. Um, <laughs> I thoroughly just enjoy that this reads as a children's book, right? And hello, Southside. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but there were sirens. Um, I really enjoyed going back and be able to find all of these little like seedlings. Like I was so excited about like, oh my gosh, this is where it starts. Oh my gosh, character building. Oh my gosh. Um, my favorite thing is reading characters that I love the way they were meant to be mm-hmm. interpreted. Like a movie is a whole other thing. Like you were saying, I always was like, I need to keep that separate. I can't combine the two. It's going to make me upset. Like, yeah, separate. But even just like the buildup of like Malfoy's character throughout this and like how you see him just kind of spewing off like whatever his parents have said, you know, it's not him, but it's like a guttural like this is what I was taught. This is what I'm spewing out. Mm-hmm. Um, And then like the Weasley twins relationship with everyone that kind of gets introduced in this. And it's just so fun being able to like re-experience those characters I'm very excited for the next round. How many times can I say I'm excited? <laughs> um, um, I absolutely adore this one for quirky, weird Dumbledore, obviously. Mm-hmm. And also for Ron. Like, I feel like his character gets really neglected and brushed off a lot. And even Harry. Like, I think he comes off as very, like, bumbling <laughs> sometimes in the films. And I really mm-hmm. like being able to see them be just, like, little badass kids. Yeah. You know? Like, their journey throughout this and, like, they're still learning things like this world is completely new to all of them to some extent as far as like the actual practicing of magic and like they get to go on these crazy adventures and they're like do all this crazy cool like brave shit and it's so cool to be able to see them like it's almost like you're watching like your babies grow again like I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm so excited for where you end up and how amazing you become and I love being able to like pinpoint parts where it's like okay this yeah. is being set up. I see this. I see your growth. I see you taking your role in this friendship and in this partnership and in this story. Like, I love it. I'm here for it. I agree. 
Well, Lucy. I love it. I think that we have <laughs> a lot more that we could possibly oh, say yeah. about too much Sorcerer's Stone. I think that um, this is a really great place to get started. Obviously, this is going to be a continuing process, so we will yes. definitely refer back to this book. We'll refer to other stuff. And for right now, I'm just really excited to move on to Chamber of Secrets. Yes. So next month, we're going to be covering Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, when is mm-hmm. that episode going to go live? Let's see here. I want to say it would be around December 11th. 11th. So December yep. 11th. So you have a decent amount of time between now when you're listening to the episode yep. and to read to read the book. So if you didn't get a chance to read Sorcerer's Stone before this episode squeeze it in there totally fine you read it read chamber of secrets while you're at it it'll be a quick couple days of reading yeah and then you'll be all up to date and then you can move forward with us um send any questions thoughts comments feelings emotions uh uh hatred to (laughs) semi-regularpodcast.com forward slash book club uh lucy if the people want to listen to more of our beautiful words and statements (laughs) where could they go they can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast, the Google Play Store, um, semiregularpodcast.com. If all of that is too much for your beautiful little brains to comprehend right now or write down because I've said a lot of words, you can go to semiregularpodcast.com forward slash links. Don't forget. Yep. All right. And then while you're at it, when you're listening to us on that good old Apple podcast, <laughs> send us a little rating, send us a little review, you know, send us a little owl post. Let das. us know how you feel about it. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then the other types of connection, we're all over social media, Sammy Irregular, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc., etc., etc. Love ya. <laughs> Lucy, you are the pumpkin juice to my... What pumpkin pasties? Denise. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. God damn it. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> okay, bye.